Praise God. I want to just release over you this morning a prophetic word um, that um, is on my heart for, for Revive Church and for people who are, uh, who are here this morning. Uh, that just really kind of flows with, with what God's been doing um, uh, through this church in recent weeks and months. Um, and so I just want to kind of release this, uh, this word over you um, this morning and I want you to catch it. Is that okay? Praise God. You know, in the book of Revelation, um, John has a vision um, of a scroll. And the Bible says that this scroll is sealed in, uh, with seven seals. And as John looks, the Bible says that no one was able to break open the seals. He says he, he looked in heaven on an earth and under the earth and there was no one able to break open the seals. There was no one able to open the scroll. There was no one able to bring breakthrough into that situation. And John began to weep. He began to cry because there was no one able to break open the seals. Is there anyone here this morning and in some area of your life you need a breakthrough? Unlike John, you look around and you think, where on earth is breakthrough going to come from? But then uh, John hears a word from the angel and the angel says, John, do not weep because there is one who is worthy to open the scroll. There is one who is worthy to break open the seals. There is one who has overcome. There is one who has triumphed. There is one who is able to bring breakthrough into this situation. And his name was Jesus. The lion of the tribe of Judah. The lamb that was slain. He had the keys to breakthrough. And he was able to open the scroll and bring breakthrough into that impossible situation. And I want to declare over your life today that it doesn't matter what situation seems closed up. It doesn't matter what situation that you need, you find yourself needing breakthrough in today. I want to tell you that Jesus Christ has the keys to your breakthrough. That Jesus Christ has the keys to your freedom. That Jesus Christ has the keys to your deliverance this morning. Can somebody say amen? amen. But we knew that already, didn't we? We all know that Jesus has the keys to breakthrough, amen? Or you should do if you're a Bible-believing Christian. But I don't want to talk to you this morning about Jesus having the keys to, to your victory. I want to share with you uh, something else which is an incredible truth in the Word of God. You see, can you remember an occasion where Jesus was with his disciples and he asked them this question, Who do people say that I am? And the disciples had all kinds of different uh, answers. You know, some say you're Elijah, some say you're Jeremiah, one of the prophets, some think you're John the Baptist, raised from the dead. And Jesus turned around and, and, and said this to them. Yeah, but who do you say that I am? And Peter stood up and he said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Peter's response was this, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh or blood, but my Father in heaven gave you this revelation. I declare to you that you are Peter, and on this rock, the rock being Jesus, uh, Peter's revelation of who Christ was, on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades shall not overcome it. Then listen to what he said, Unto you I give the keys to the kingdom. 
Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. You see, Jesus gave the keys to the kingdom to his church. And right now, I want to tell you that if you, like Peter, have had a revelation of who Jesus is, if you are a part of the church of Jesus Christ, Jesus has given you the keys to his kingdom. Now, that is an incredible revelation. That is an incredible truth. You see, the keys mean that you have access. Hello? You know, when... um, when in 2001, I went on staff at a, a church in, in Barnsley. I was the, the youth leader, the youth pastor there. And one of the first things that they did when I took that job is they gave me keys to the church building. That meant that I had access to the church building any time that I wanted. I wasn't restricted by 10.30 on a Sunday morning, by 7.30 on a Tuesday night. I could go into that Uh, into that building any time I wanted. It could have been Thursday night at 2 a.m. in the morning and the police could have driven by and seen the lights on and thought, what's going on here? And they could have gone in and they could have seen me there and said, what are you doing in this building at 2 a.m. in the morning? And I could have said, I've got the keys. And you know what? They would would have said, that's fine. Carry on doing whatever you're doing. Because I had the keys. I had access. Jesus said, I give unto you the keys to the kingdom. You see, the kingdom is God's realm. You know, in the kingdom, there is health. Hello? In the kingdom, there is joy. In the kingdom, there is peace. In the kingdom, there is righteousness. There is provision. There is abundance. There is strength. There is grace. There is forgiveness. There is wisdom. There is the presence of God. The anointing of the Holy Spirit. There's your Abba, your Daddy, your Father. There's angels and angels and multitudes of angels all there in the kingdom. In the kingdom, there is everything that you need. And Jesus said, I have given you the keys to the kingdom. You have access. You know, in December when I um, left that church uh, and I left that ministry role and that job, you know what I had to do? I had to give the keys back. And you know what? If I were to drive back to that church uh, this afternoon when no one's there and I was to break in, who knows that the police will be called out. And I could say, I was part of this church of 14 years. I was a pastor here. I was in ministry here. And they would say, do you have the keys? Well, you're a thief then. That's why Jesus said that the devil is a thief. Because when Jesus overcame him at the cross, Satan had to give the keys back. That's why Satan has no right to your health. He has no right to your children. He has no right to your finances. He has no right to your marriage. He's no right to your home because he had to give the keys back to Jesus. And Jesus has given the keys to you. The keys speak of an open door. An open door. You know, has anyone ever been in a situation where they've locked themselves out of the house? And you're banging on the door and you're trying to get in and you're hoping that that someone's there, that someone's listening. Do you know what? Many Christians approach prayer like that. Hoping that there's someone there. Hoping that there's someone going to answer. Hoping that someone is going to open the doors. But do you know what? 
Jesus said, I have given you the keys. That means that we can approach the throne of grace with boldness. Because we've been given access to all that God is. To all that God has. You know, when, uh, when I'm, uh, myself and, and Laura, when we're driving home from Hull uh, back to Barnsley th- this evening after we've uh, we ministered in Driffield, you know what? We're not going to be driving nervous, wondering if there's anyone in. When I get out of the car and I walk up to my front door, I'm not thinking, I hope someone's going to open up. Why? I've got the keys. I have confidence that that door is going to open. I have confidence that I am going to have access to, to my bed, to my fridge, to my TV, to everything else I need because I have the keys. And you know what? When we approach God in prayer, we can be exactly the same way. We're not coming crawling, timid, afraid, but actually we can come with a boldness. We can come with a confidence knowing whatever we need. If we need access to God's fridge, we have the keys. If we have the, an access to God's TV, we have the keys. Whatever we need in the kingdom of God, we have been given the keys to it. And so prayer can be an open door for those who have the keys. Prayer can be something where we access whatever we need because we have the keys. Somebody praise God this morning. I want to talk to you for the remaining time. Because remember Jesus said keys plural. You know there are many different keys in the kingdom. But I want to talk to you about one key in particular. Uh, a few years ago I was ministering in Zambia. Um, and uh, we'd done I think it was a week 10 day mission. And uh, done, been to all kinds of different places. And on the last day uh, we were staying in a hotel and the following morning, we were getting ready to leave for the airport. And it was one of those flights where you had to be at the airport at something like, um, you know, a ridiculous hour. And so we had to be out of the hotel at something like 5 a.m., something like that. So um, I'd gone down to reception the night before and said, can you give me an early morning wake-up call? Uh, you need to uh, wake me up at, at 4.45 or something like that. Um, uh, and then I'll be ready. And they said, yeah, yeah, sure. Um, so I went to bed. And then I remember um, just waking up um, kind of suddenly and looking at the, the clock. And it was 4.55. They, they'd forgot to give me the wake-up call. And I don't know if it was God or my body clock, whatever. I just uh, amazingly just woken up with five minutes to go. So I thought, I've got five minutes to get ready. So I quickly jumped in the shower, got dressed, grabbed my bag, grabbed my passport, ran to the hotel, uh, to my room door, pulled the handle and the handle fell off in my hand. (laughs) And for about 30 seconds, I'm just staring at the handle, staring at the door, staring at the handle, staring at the door thinking I've got two minutes and then everyone's leaving and I'm going to be stuck here um, in this, uh, this country for goodness knows how long. And I began to uh, bang on the door and I began to shout and I rung reception. The lady who answered didn't speak English. And I was starting to panic and I was sweating. And, uh, and my friends, of course, um, they all had keys, but they only had keys to their room. But eventually, a porter came 
And he had a master key. And the master key gave him access to every room in that hotel. Whatever he needed, he had access because he had the master key. Do you know that there is a key in the Bible that, that Jesus talks about that is a master key? It's a key that opens every door and any situation and it's called the key of David. Jesus said this in Revelation. These are the words of him who is holy and true, who holds the key of David. What he opens, no one can shut. And what he shuts, no one can open. Jesus said that the key of David opens up every door. Does anyone need anything opening up this morning? Then you need the key of David. Whatever he opens, opens up and remains open. It's speaking about permanence. Do you ever find that you, you think you've got a breakthrough, but it's only temporary? I know people, they've, they've been healed in a meeting, but then they've gone home and the sickness has come back the next day. Or someone, they think they've, got, uh, they've overcome that sin or that addiction, but then they fall back into temptation a few weeks later. But the key of David says that whatever opens remains open. He's talking about a permanent breakthrough. Is that what we want? Is that what we need? The key of David opens up every door. Not only that, but the key of David closes doors as well. Does anyone need the door to be shut on some things this morning? Anyone want the door shut to, to lack? Hello? Anyone want the door shut to sickness? Want the door shut to oppression? Want the door shut to fear? The key of David opens up things that need to be opened and closes things that need to be closed. What is the key of David? Well, the Bible doesn't tell us. But I believe that the key of David and the, way that, the reason that Jesus calls it the key of David is he wants us to look at the life of David. And of course, we don't have time to do a whole Bible study on the life of David this morning. But I just want to point out two things about David. Firstly, David was a worshipper. He was a radical worshipper of Jesus. And not only did, did David worship in the good times, not only did David worship when everything was going wonderful, when he was on the mountaintop and, and everything was going glorious in his life, but even in his darkest moments, even in his lowest valley, David still praised God. David still lifted up a shout of praise to God. He said, my soul will magnify the Lord. You remember the story when David's wife and kids and all his possessions, they're taken into captivity and all his men want to stone him. But it says David encouraged himself in the Lord. Because of that, because David was a worshipper, God gave him the keys. And I want to tell someone uh, today that if you set your life to be a worshipper of God, if you determine, you know what, in the sun and in the rain, in the good times and in the bad times, when everything's going wonderful and when things are going difficult, I am going to lift up a song of praise. I am going to declare the name of Jesus. I am going to be someone who praises and worships and magnifies my God. Do you know what? God will give you the keys to the key of David 
David. And you will be an overcomer in your life. You will see doors open up. You will see situations where, where it seems impossible. God will make a way. The second thing about David was this. David was a radical pursuer of the presence of God. You see, David was a man of prayer. David was a man who set his heart to seek the heart of God. David was a man who set his face to seeking the face of God. Uh, how, how many Psalms could we quote where David would say things like, your love is better than life. I want to see your face. I want to be in your house. I want to be in your glory. I want to abide in your presence. He said in, in Psalm 63, my heart says of you, seek his face. Your face, Lord, I will seek. And I want to tell you that for those people here who determine I am going to be someone who pursues God's presence in prayer and in worship, God will give you the keys to whatever you need. You see, Jesus said of the Pharisees and the teachers of the law, you have taken the keys away. You see, the teachers of the law, they had great Bible knowledge. They had great theology, but they, didn't, they weren't pursuers of God's presence. They rejected the Holy Spirit. They rejected the presence of Jesus. They didn't have a living relationship with God. And Jesus said, you don't have the keys. You know, there are many Christians and it seems like the way is shut. It seems like the door is closed. It seems like they can't get that breakthrough. And the reason is that because they come to church, they go through the motions, but all it is is just an outward form of religion. They don't have that living relationship where they want to actually know God and pursue God. They're, they're not actually people who've got a heart, a prayer and a heart after the presence of God. But God says, if you become someone like that, you will get the keys. I want to encourage you to be a man, to be a woman of prayer. That when the, to come along to the, to the 9.45 prayer meetings, to come along to the 5 p.m. prayer meetings, to engage in, in seasons of prayer and fasting. You as an individual, as a family, make your home a home of prayer. You determine, I am going to be a man, a woman of prayer. I'm going to raise my kids in an atmosphere of prayer. And when you do that, God will give you the keys to any and every situation. You see, I have keys to my house. Laura has keys to my house. But you know what? We've also got some keys cut that we've given to other people. My parents have, a, have keys to our house. Laura's parents have keys to our house. In case we're not there and they need to get in if there, there's something wrong. But you know what? We're not just going to go up to a stranger in the street and give them the keys to our house. God doesn't give the keys to his kingdom to strangers. He doesn't give the keys to his kingdom to those who don't know him. But those who know him, those who pursue him, he gives the keys to his kingdom, to his realm. About 18 months ago, uh, we were selling our car. And uh, we'd, uh, we'd uh, decided on a price that we were going to sell the car for. Uh, but of course, we knew that anyone who was going to come uh, to look at the car, they were going to try and knock money down. Uh, so we agreed on a minimum amount and we said we cannot afford to go any lower than that amount or we'll not be able to, to, to get a new car. Um, and so 
uh, this man came to, to look, at, uh, look at the car. In fact, it was um, a friend of, of Ken's um, from here. And um, he, I told him how much we wanted for the car. And of course, then he started to look round. And he's saying there's a scratch here, there's a dent here, has this been done, has that been done? If you ever want to buy a car off of anyone, buy a car off me. Because I don't know anything about cars. Someone says, what kind of car do you have? It's a red one, or it's a silver one, or it's a blue. That's my knowledge right there. Uh, so he's saying, oh, that'll cost 100 quid. And I'm like, oh, fair enough. Um, so we got the price down to the minimum amount. And I said, look, we can't go any lower than that. So we agreed on the price, we shook hands. And he said, right, that's it. Um, I'll come back um, tomorrow for the logbook for the paperwork. And, um, and I thought, and um, as he was leaving, he said, oh, by the way, have you got two keys to the car? Because me and my wife were both going to be driving the car. And um, I said, yeah, yeah, we do. And then he went off. So that night, I was getting all the paperwork together. And... I got the key out, and then I went to the box where we keep the spare key. It wasn't there. So I said to Laura, where's the spare key for the car? She said, you had it last. And I thought, yeah, that's about right. So I started to look in all the obvious places, in all the drawers, in all the cupboards. Couldn't find it. So I started to look in all the unobvious places, like the fridge freezer and down the toilet and just everywhere I could think of. Couldn't find it anywhere. So I thought, well, what I'll do is tomorrow morning, I'll just go and get the, the key cooks. I've had keys to houses cut before and, it, you know, they're real cheap. Uh, didn't realize that, of course, a key to a car with all the electronics in, it can be, you know, over 100 pounds. Uh, and so I discovered this on Google. And I thought, we can't afford to get the key cut. And if I tell him there's only one key, he's going to knock the price down even more. So I began to search all around the house all over again. And it got to about midnight and I was exhausted. I was sweating. I was tired. I'd looked everywhere I could think of to look. And then I went to bed. And just before I, my head hit the pillow, it suddenly dawned on me. I'm a Christian. Why don't I pray about it? So I said, Lord, you know where this key is. You're going to have to tell me. And then I went to sleep. The next morning, literally as soon as I woke up, God gave me a word of knowledge. In our upstairs room, there was a wardrobe. At the back of the wardrobe, there was a pair of old jeans and in, the, in the, the, the back pocket of the jeans was a spare key. As soon as I woke up, God told me where it was. I walked straight up the stairs, went into the wardrobe, rummaged about all the stuff that was there, found the trousers underneath, put my hand in the back pocket, and there was the key. And this is what the Holy Spirit said to me. Many of my people are faced with closed doors. They are hammering on the door trying to get it to open and are begging for the keys. Others once knew what it was to live with the open door. But now all doors have closed and there is a panic that the keys seem to have been lost. There are keys that open up doors to finance, ministry opportunities, 
family being saved, marriages being restored. There are keys to abundance, joy, peace and deliverance. For church leaders, there are keys to new buildings, keys to your city and community. For evangelists, there are keys to nations, regions and miracles. As long as you stress, panic, strategize and try to find the key to your breakthrough in your own strength, the way will remain hidden. But in my presence, keys are found. The key to your breakthrough, the key to your open door. For the Lord says, I am the one who holds the key of David. What I open, no one can shut. And what I shut, no one can open. The name David means beloved. And as you walk in the reality of being the beloved of God, as you embrace your identity as his bride, as you rest, enjoy and abide in his presence and live in the simplicity of being a lover of Jesus, it is in that place that keys are found. Christ still gives the keys to the kingdom to his church, but not the church that walks in the flesh, but the church that walks in the spirit. I see in the spirit keys, lost keys, abandoned keys, keys long forgotten, but keys ready to be found and put into locks that will open with ease to those who have the key. There is a door of blessing, a door of breakthrough, a door of destiny, and Christ has the keys. The Lord urges His people to go back to His presence, back to the place of prayer and fasting, back to the intimacy of worship, become His beloved, and find and pick up the keys He intends for you to have. I want to close just five more minutes. We don't have time, but you can read this when you go home in 2 Samuel it's chapter 5 David comes with his men to the city of Jerusalem do you know that the city of Jerusalem was David's destiny do you know that you have a destiny the problem was that the city of Jerusalem was occupied by an enemy do you know that between you and your destiny there are enemies Enemies of sickness, enemies of doubt, enemies of depression, enemies of fear, enemies of lack. And the enemy whispered and shouted from the walls of the city to David, you shall not get in here. Revive church. Who knows there's a city to take? Hello? There's a city to take. There's regions to take. There's a nation to take. But the enemy shouts and says, you shall not get in here. But I love what the Bible says. Nevertheless, David took the city. You see, he had the keys. And I want to declare to you right now, Satan might say you'll never be healed. Satan might say your marriage will never be restored. Your kids will never come back to God. But I declare to you today, nevertheless, with God it shall be done. Satan may say, revive church, you'll never win whole. We'll never see a nation turn back to Christ. But I say today, nevertheless, with God we can do it. Do you know what the key to, to David taking Jerusalem was? Get this and then we're through. Underneath the city, the Bible says there was a water shaft. It was hidden. The enemy couldn't see it. 
you could almost say that it was a secret place. And David and his men got on their hands and knees and they crawled up the water shaft, up the flow of water, in the darkness, in the unseen, in the secret. And they came out in the middle of the city and they took it. And I want to declare, church, that there's a secret river that flows. There's a river of God's presence. It's found in the secret place, in the place of prayer. And as we come into the secret place, we are unseen by the enemy, but we are seen by God. And for those who will get on their hands and knees in the river of God's presence, for those who will climb up the water shaft, those who in secret will seek the face of God, they will find themselves in the middle of the very thing that was holding them back. And Jerusalem became known, and it's still known today, as the city of David. The very thing that the devil said, you'll never get in here, ended up being named after him. Because he found a secret place. He found the key. And I just want us just to stand right now. I want to challenge you as individuals. Do you need a breakthrough today? Do you need something to open up for you today? Do you need healing? Do you need a, a relationship restoring? Do you need provision? Well, there's a key that can open up the door. For Revive Church this morning, if we want to take a city, if we want to take Kingswood, if we want to see this region impacted by God, we're going to need the keys. And the key is the key of David. It's given to those who are worshippers. It's given to those who set their face to seeking the face of God. And I want to encourage you today, there is a river that flows. And if you will come into the secret place, if you will get on your hands and knees and get in that river and be a pursuer of God's presence, get to the prayer meetings enter into prayer and fasting make your home, make your life a life of prayer God will give you the keys to what you need the keys to your destiny the keys to your breakthrough He gives to His bride Hallelujah, thanks Stuart